Welcome to the Into the Unknown podcast, the show that dives into all things fitness, politics, mindset, current affairs, sports, and everything in between. With a generous sprinkling of humour, at least on my part, and pop culture, I'm Connor Campbell. And I'm Yushan Sue. So without further ado, plug in, sit back, and enjoy being taken into the unknown. Guys, we're back. We are back. You know, um, actually, they don't know that we've taken time off because we've just been releasing episodes every week. We have, yeah. We had a, not a stockpile, but we we stocked up some episodes. I mean, that is literally the definition of a stockpile, <laughs> but we uh, had a couple episodes that we wanted to release and uh, we've, I don't know, I I wouldn't call it laziness. We just haven't found the time over the last couple of weeks with you. Well, getting... look, we're, we're both busy boys in different yeah. countries full jobs you know it's this is this is uh but anyway we're back we're back yeah um, but um before we start actually so that, just uh to thank everyone for listening to the podcast because we've now released over 53 episodes and this year alone we've released i think over 20 20 20 yeah have we We've released 20 episodes already, um, which is solid. fantastic. You know, we're almost midway through the year. Uh, one particular thing I want to point out, which we've received an absolute ton of feedback from, and people have suggested that we do something similar because I think in today's um, society, it's very common to either have scripted conversations, which we don't generally we don't tend to do, you know, we have a topic, we might research it a little bit or when we get guests on, you know, we need to have a, have an exploration into their past. I mean, I can't even read. So yeah, there is that, there is that. (laughs) Um, But uh, the episode in question is you are enough. It's actually our highest performing episode to date. And just Mm. the feedback that I've received. And I I think Yushan has also received some great feedback. So yeah, I just want to, just thank everyone for continuing to tune in and for giving us absolutely fantastic feedback for that episode. If you haven't listened to episode 45, you are enough of into the unknown. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Cause <clears throat> that was a pretty deep episode and, and I wasn't too sure how people were going to respond, but they obviously liked the fact that it was kind of raw and I guess a bit emotional, you know, uh, which yeah. is we're emotional people uh and it's also it's a real special thing i think at least for me and i'm sure for you as well to be able to actually use this use this in a in a way to connect with people whether that be you guys whether that be our listeners or the guests that we have on to come on here and you know connect with everyone and also just through our ramblings and our our chatting shit with each other actually you know be able to make some kind of even if it's small unsubstantial impact and and help someone out a little bit i mean that is really special for us absolutely so, yeah, thank you everyone absolutely um on today's episode it is just the two of us i can i think they can tell when we yeah, start they... in the way we start our episodes <laughs> i just wanted to curb their expectations in case they were expecting a you know a guest because after Kerry's episode, you know, Kerry's yeah, a very popular girl. 
Um, if you haven't listened to that, I, I've been absolutely rubbish at plugging the last three episodes, honestly. Which is also, if you guys haven't known, we also have an Instagram now. Uh, even though I haven't published anything, well, you're not you're not meant to, to tell. That. We're not. We've not done anything with it, so you're not meant to yeah, but, let them you know, know yet. If but... you if you're on Instagram and you do follow our personal pages, uh, we will be posting. Well, we will. I haven't yet, but we will <laughs> in the future be posting podcast related episodes and Q and A's for things to ask us. So if you don't already, please go and follow that. Uh, Instagram. Anyway into the episode Yushuan just fell off his horse so what what we're going to talk about (laughs) what we're going to talk about is uh well I guess injuries in a sense you know how to train around them uh how do you kind of cope with the mental and the physical aspects of uh injuries itself and I've been through quite a few injuries ourselves uh so why don't we run it back a little bit and go through <laughs> just a very short list of some have you of got a list prepared because my one might take a while i i don't actually i was just going to go through like a very quick uh you know torn tor- head to toe head tour. to toe yeah multiple concussions um cauliflower ear <laughs> torn rotator cuff six dislocated shoulders uh six broke... yeah six dislocated yeah. shoulders <laughs> yeah to think just now i asked you like have you dislocated your shoulder before <laughs> <laughs> um broken wrist um two torn acls and meniscus uh a partial quad tear actually i had in american football uh oh, wow. i've fractured my coccyx before you uh, fractured your what my coccyx oh, okay and uh yep my coccyx just in case anyone that <laughs> cut out uh and a partial fracture of my coccyx as well in an unrelated incident that was when i was squatting 100 kilos a front squat without a belt so don't ask me how i managed to do that but it was a hairline fracture Basically, what I did was kamikaze down to the bottom of a front squat, had no brace whatsoever, and I just felt this enormous crack up the left side of my back. And I was like, I went to stand up and I was like, I've, I was like, I think I've broken my back. I broke my back. That's all I imagined. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's the short version. Go on. Yeah. Um, I think yours is going to be worse, is... if I'm honest with you. No, it's not. I, oh, really? I thought I thought it would be, but I mean, yeah, that, mine are like minor compared to this. Oh, damn! You're not you're not a healthy boy. You got <laughs> got to look after yourself, Connor. I know. Um. Yeah. Okay. Head to toe, multiple concussions. I mean, it was. I, I think mostly minor. I've not had any major concussions. Um, through rugby and riding and hitting my head when I fall off and broken nose for some reason which oh, I don't yeah. even know about for ages I don't even know it was broken and now I, I I just coincidentally when I was at the hospital looking at something else they in the x-rays my nose got in it <laughs> I don't know how but the doctor was like yeah you, you know you've got a 
a broken nose. Anyway, so there's that. And then dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. Um, which is the most recent one. Um, a couple of days ago. But prior to that, same shoulder, torn AC, which you were actually there at the hospital with me. I was. I remember that day. Good I day. I forced you to go to the hospital because you just <laughs> came into the gym and you were like, yeah, yeah lift. Um, wasn't it? I sep- I, you just came in. You were like, uh, I separated my AC joint. And no, like I don't break. know. I separated my oh, you didn't AC know. Joint. I was like, oh, I fell off. I fell off last week and just hurt my shoulder. And I think it's been getting worse. So I came um, with you to the hospital. Grand. Was it was it St. George's? Yeah, it was St. George's. But I remember like, I, I think we still did some kind of session. And yeah. then you were like, bro, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. You just go now. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go now. Fully not planning to go. <laughs> and like, I fully, I completely just lied to you and told you that I was going to the hospital. Yeah. Even when you were messaging me, you're like, are you on your way? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on my way to St. George's now. Whilst waiting for the bus to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm just finished work. I'll come, I'll come over. I was like, fuck, now I have to go. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know what? Actually, that that I remember now that you mentioned that, that that sticks out in my mind because I think straight after we went there, we went to the that ramen place that you took yes, me to we in did. Covent Garden. And that was probably one of the first times that we ever had probably one of our most in-depth conversations about relationships and kind of what love means and so on and so forth we went yeah. super heavy and I uh really remember that yeah and that was because you came to the doctor hospital with me for my shoulder and i also remember that because of the conversation obviously but also for the fact that i w- i'm right-handed and i had a sling around my right arm and i was trying to use chopsticks with my left hand yeah um, but yeah anyway yeah torn ac in my right shoulder and then can't I honestly cannot count the number of times that I've sprained my ankles, both ankles. They're just gone. Yeah. They're like this both point. hanging on a thin piece of string. And also left ankle I've dislocated and broken my fibula and torn the deltoid ligament in that ankle. And yeah, that's a lot. That's my list as I can yeah, which and is then just random shit like you know, like yeah, broken fingers, broken and, fingers and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was not necessarily meant to for people to be like, okay, we get the idea. You've had a lot of injuries, big guys. But if there's if there's one, basically the reason why we wanted to talk about it is because I think that when you get an injury that is kind of unknown, as most injuries are the first thing you think is you kind of catastrophize in this idea that you're never going to be able to do anything again, depending on what it is. If it's just a broken finger, I, I can't imagine that you'd be like, I'm never going to be able to write again. Um, you know, depending on how serious it is. Um, and I guess that also stems to like people instantly expect to have a timeline when they get better. And we were speaking about this on air that, uh, sorry, off air, that um, it's very difficult for even physios, qualified doctors, professionals to give you a timeline because ultimately there's so many factors that play into returning to train and then eventually returning to play that it's so yeah. difficult without actually recording data and seeing how 
how much range of motion you have, how much kind of force that that joint or that muscle or whatever it is can take. It is so difficult to figure out what, how long that's going to take. Um, so I want to kick this off. I feel like I have maybe like five points that I want to pick out on, go on to then. kind of go over in terms of if you if you injure yourself what what do you do basically right yeah uh the first one is pretty straightforward i think would be to go and seek a professional doctor physio sports therapist whatever it might be because ultimately they're going to be the best person for you like you'd be amazed at the number of people who don't do that i know yeah it's mad they're and, like oh, i'll be grand tape it and, up yeah and also the amount of people that that go and this is no disrespect to gps because gps are fantastic at, at what a gp is meant for which is general practice right diagnosing general things uh and and giving other people drugs whatever it might be and then sending them on to more qualified people like that is that is their job and they're very bloody good at it because if we didn't have gps then it would clog up the hospital system and people who have potentially more serious life-threatening issues uh might not be seen because there's just so many people there and so but this is what infuriates me is that someone let's say someone hurts their back whilst doing a back squat right they go to a gp and I'm like, what the fuck is a GP going to do for you? Like, a G- most GPs probably don't know the single first thing about what the fuck you've done while squatting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's not to disrespect GPs again. Like, I want to I wanna say that, like, I want to say that again. <laughs> and if I have to say it again in this podcast, it's not to disrespect G- I, I have some, I have some friends who are GPs. But it's like that's not what they're qualified to do. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway. So yeah, basically the first thing I'd say is go and seek some professional help. Um, like a medical team. I remember back when you messed up your lower leg and your ankle. Um and you you were really lucky. You had a great medical team. Um and yeah. also you put the work in as well, you know, like obviously there's good days, there's bad days and it would be great to share your experience on that a little bit later on. But um, I think first and foremost was when that happened, we all kind of knew our role, you know, like we yeah. were all doing different things. We were all trying to work on different aspects to try and keep, to keep you in all honesty, my job was just to keep you mentally sane. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I, I knew how scary it would probably be for you. Like, you know, and I never, I don't think we ever really spoke about that was like, actually, I think we did afterwards was like how, you know, how much it affected you mentally. And I was just there to yeah, badly be a sounding board. Like uh, uh, it didn't really matter what kind of training we were doing. As long as you were in the gym <laughs> training with me and doing a little bit of conditioning and actually turning up so that I knew that you weren't just sitting in your boxes playing Xbox, you know, 24 hours a day and doing fuck all. Then that yeah. was for me was absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I think like any injury or any major injury that sets you back, it's just a big change. 
unlike any big change, it takes a lot of adjustment and it also takes you by surprise, you know, especially if it's something obviously like an injury that you're not expecting. And with that, you know, it's like a roller coaster of emotions. At least it was for me, you know, a disappointment, um, anger, and and just sort of starting to detach a little bit because you're like, oh well, what's the point if I'm not able to do this and that, and what if I'm not able to do the all the things that I normally do? All yeah. that suddenly gets taken away or or put on hold whilst you know I couldn't walk into the kitchen to get a cup of water, you know. Yeah. And yeah, like I had an amazing team around me um, from uh, doctors to physios, surgeons, blah, blah. And obviously you were there not only as my SNC coach and doing all the conditioning work and also a lot of the rehab stuff, but also just there as a friend and there as someone who, you know, could get me pumped up a little bit, like motivate me a little bit to actually focus on the day-to-day and focus on yeah. getting through today right rather than thinking about you Next know, week. all of the things that I can't do mm, and where I want sure. to be that end goal and feeling so far away from it because that's what it felt like you know it, with, with the context of I fell off at a competition the first competition of the season in yeah. 2019 and at the time you know we had like real big goals for that year and you know had it all sort of planned out and then all of a sudden all of that just disappeared like actually Mm. for the next seven eight months you won't be competing you won't be sitting on a horse you won't be standing up you won't be able to like even walk yeah and so it got to the point where i was like well just mentally i got to the place where i was like well you know if i can't do all those things like what's the point of even sort of getting out of bed like what's that going to achieve but then you were able to kind of keep me or help keep me on that track of like, actually there are things you can do still. Yeah. And things that you can do that will still benefit you, whether that's just crutching and hobbling out into the kitchen to get some food and not have it delivered to you by your flatmates or crutching and hobbling out downstairs and actually getting some, not fresh air, it's in London, but like air, (laughs) Um, yeah fresh five, 10 there. minutes you know and um and then obviously going into the gym yeah and doing the bits we can but also the social aspect of it not being cooped up like in my room just thinking about how shit everything is yeah the social aspect of it seeing you and seeing all my other friends you know even if we're going in the gym and just chatting shit while i'm on that fucking hand cycle thing yeah for 20 minutes um yeah, all of that played a big role in in my recovery. Um, yeah. And also, you know, from from my perspective, like I gained a lot of value through that period of time whilst coaching you because it was the first serious injury that I'd had to deal with as an SNC coach. And obviously, you know, you never really want to get to the stage where you have to go through that, but you don't ever really prepare yourself for that. You know, the idea of being an SNC coach is to stop people from getting injured is what a lot yeah. of people say is like, but at the same time, it's inevitable when you're playing competitive sport, it will, it will almost certainly happen at one point. It might not be super serious, mm. like career ending, but it might be, you know, sprained ankles. It might be torn hamstring. It might be 
a pulled hamstring or whatever it might be, a lower back problem that just doesn't seem to go away. And it doesn't like, it's hard to prepare yourself for that as a coach and obviously as an athlete as well. But for me, I think the biggest thing that ha- that helped was I'd been through, you know, those, those ACL tears before. So I knew what it was like to suffer from an injury that, I didn't think that I'd ever be able to play sport again. And I still don't play football. I don't play rugby. I don't play American football because I'm always still so, I'm still so conscious of, I just don't ever want it to happen again. Cause it, mm. it was like six to nine months of my life. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I barely even walk without my fucking knee swelling up. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, and obviously that's down part to me as well. We're not getting surgery for three months after tearing it because I didn't think I'd torn anything. I thought I would mm. be fine, and you know that's also the the school that I was at at the time. You know, my rugby coach was like, "No, nah, you'll be fine. Just get on with it." Like you know, and it kept buckling all the time. But anyway, I digress. Um, I think you touched on a really important point there as well, which is like this idea of cognitive distortion, which is something that I've been reading up about a lot recently Mm. um, in terms of this idea that, you know, you, you, you think you're never going to be able to lift or compete again and that you catastrophize and that you kind of see everything you see is like an unfavorable outcome to the event. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that decides the outcome. Like, but if 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 all you're thinking about is the negative and the unfavorable outcomes, then it's obviously going to end, you know, in disaster. So, yeah. like for example, the way to get around that for you was just getting in the gym, not thinking too far ahead, and just doing what we can. Like, so in terms of steps, it would be figure out a plan, go through the steps that you've outlined, rather than thinking. Oh God, I hurt my back when I can squat. So I'm never going to be able to squat again. Rather than thinking that, think about, okay, well, if I can't squat, what can I do? Can I leg press? Can I trap bar deadlift? Can I do single leg squats to the point where you'll eventually get back to the point where you maybe can squat? Yeah. You know? And then you flip the switch. And this idea of the cognitive distortion is it's no longer an unfavorable outcome. It's more a case of, okay, well, if I can't do that, what can I do? rather than I can't do anything. And, and that's I think- actually, that's a really good point. Like really, I can really resonate with that. And I, I'm just thinking back to obviously when I broke my fibula and did my, my ankle, but also most recently, like with my shoulder, it's, you know, the feeling when you, you get ill and you get the flu or something. And yeah. in the moment you're like, you Dying. just think that you're always going to feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is me now. It's it was exactly for me, it was exactly the same with yeah, with the injuries, you know, and with um especially when obviously I was in a in a cast and on crutches completely non-weight bearing and in quite a bit of pain as well. Um I just remember always almost subconsciously just going like, Well, this is this is just how it is now. Yeah. And you can't see past that. You almost just assume that this is how you're going to feel forever and like you say with that i'm thinking oh i can't i can't ride yeah i I couldn't even walk so like but through that we kind of i think there was a little bit of a reshift in my focus and focusing on like you say the things that i can do and and 
for me, it was sort of taking the little wins. Yeah. And actually appreciating those wins. Like, you know, when I was in the soft cats and I was taking it off to do the physio exercises every day, it was it was like, okay, maybe I can't walk right now, but I can do like five calf extensions with the band. Yeah. And then I remember a big big moment actually for me just mentally and feeling really happy about it was that first time that I got on the what bike. Yeah. You know, since the injury and I was still only partially weight bearing then, but yep. just that feeling of like, Oh, I can actually do this and there's minimal pain and we're actually using the leg. Like that was such a, a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it sort of, I remember from there, it like really shifted my kind of mental state into being more positive about it. And I remember doing just more stupid things that I would do, like go to the pub with it, like with a broken leg, completely non-weight bearing and using my crutches as a limbo stick and stuff like that. But that's slightly <laughs> <laughs> off topic, but I was just a lot happier as a person um, once, you know, we we're able to kind of focus on, the little wins and focus on the things that I could do rather than you can't. the things that I couldn't do. Yeah. And, but one thing that I'd really like, I, I wonder if you had similar feelings and you kind of touched on it earlier was like, has there ever been, have you ever felt an, an element of sort of fear or yeah, not fear, but yeah, I think fear of obviously reoccurring injury but also i don't know i don't know how to describe it per se like in equestrian like in our sport we we always refer it to like losing your bottle yeah and just because something happened something that you know traumatic happened yeah from doing something you know from falling off your horse or whatever there's suddenly like a lot of a lot of fear and tension involved mm-hmm. around doing that thing yeah Um, and centered as well for me at least on like reoccurring injury or it being worse the next time you know like do you ever get that i have got that yeah i had that when i tore my acl you know like i was out for six to nine months and not only touching on your point that you just made did i kind of identify as this person that would always have knee pain and that would never be able to you know compete in sport again that was my identity until I kind of got over the fact that actually, you know, I might not be able to play football again, but I can do other things, which led me down the route of playing of Olympic weightlifting, Mm. you know, and obviously I've picked up injuries now and again, little niggles and whatever, but it's like, I'm now much older, much more knowledgeable, much more experienced to the point where if I do pick up a little niggle, um, that isn't so serious, it's much easier for me to manage that because I don't then identify like I have back pain. I just Mm -hmm. go, Oh, my back's a bit sore. So I'll just lay off for a day or two, or I know the exercises that will make it feel a bit better. I know how to be able to manage that. And if it doesn't get any better, then I seek help, you know, because I'm like, okay, it's something worse. But going back to the question that you asked me, that's a really interesting point. And going back to the, the the fact the thing of seeking professional help i think a lot of people don't actually understand that 
for the most part, lots of injuries, especially if they're very serious, can have a profound psychological impact. It's almost like PTSD. It's the, it's almost the same thing. It's not exactly the same, but it's like the body's inhibition to be able to open up and allow it to do the thing that it it knows that it could potentially have risk. Yeah. Like I was working with someone at Kings before a sprinter and uh, she messed up her hamstring real bad, like a big grade three tear. It was, she was out for probably at least three months sprinting. And one of the things that I chatted to her physio with was like, you know, I'm fine that she's doing all of these closed chain exercises by closed chain. You know, you're talking like a leg curl, you know, things like that, that aren't super um, open chain would be something like maybe um, like a hamstring slider or an eccentric RDL or maybe things even with more variables. Yeah. Things with more variables yeah. that are more open chain. There's more risk of not necessarily risk of injury, but that it's a little bit harder to, to control. Yeah. Um, and I said to the physio, like, can we get her back doing just some gentle runs? You know, because it got to the point where she kept asking. She's like, I don't think I'm ever going to sprint again. And so we started doing that. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, she she was another coach by me. She she went to someone else. This is the thing with Kings. They moved around quite a bit. She pinged it again. She came back. And I was like, okay, well, we've got to take it a bit slower this time. And she got to this point where even when she was sprinting, her gait was on her right-hand side. She would never want to fully open up that leg because yeah. she was so worried yeah. about making contact too far away that her hamstring would just snap again. Yeah. And so being able to get her to that point you know, enclosed exercises where I'm like, listen, you can load this. Like you're absolutely fine now. And getting to a point of this kind of progression of, you know, we, we might not be there next week, but eventually we'll get there. And like, look at how far you've come. You know, you started on the leg curl, you know, you're only doing RDLs and hamstring sliders and whatever else you're doing now, like pop yeah. switches and like hamstring switches, whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I guess in a roundabout way, it's definitely a, a very big psychological factor that people don't weigh up. Um, and in that case, the only really advice that I could give you is, like, ultimately, eventually you're going to have to try because if you always live in this, state of fear it's the same as life like you're always going to be stuck doing the same thing and i'd rather not drive myself insane thinking what if and give it one more shot and if you really struggle with that then sports psychologist is the way forward like you know like i hate to say it but they're so they're so invaluable like, I yeah. really don't think that people understand the value of sports psychology for not even just elite competitors, just competitors in general, like preparing yourself for a weightlifting competition mentally and, and getting them to teach you skills that you can learn to have positive self-talk and self-imagery and stuff like that, that people just don't pay attention to because they just don't think they need it. 
every day I'm in the gym, I'm visualizing my my training. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I mean, visualizing is, I was was actually, it's mad, I was just going to bring that up, but visualizing for me has been such an amazing tool. Yeah. Just in general, um, but also post-injury. Yeah. And yeah, going back to like the whole, thing about fear and and sort of almost that psychological unconscious ptsd for Mm. me it felt like a like a block you know or or yeah like a mental block but that would result in my body physically almost like bracing itself subconsciously like i'm not choosing to do it you know after i did my ankle you know when when you're when you're on a horse, you want to put push the weight down through your leg and through into your heels, and that puts you in the most sort of secure position, right? And yeah, I remember, especially in movement. And I remember when I first started riding again, I was just so kind of not nervous, but just there was this mental barrier of like, oh, what if I fall off again and break my ankle again, and that sort of thing. That whenever there was a bit of a spook or a jink or moved one way or another I, I couldn't like push the weight down through my heel yeah. instead I was bracing you know I was tightening in the hip and tightening with my upper leg and, and things like that and being tight and that actually throws me out of balance yeah um, funny enough and puts myself in more of a chance of falling off but anyway uh, it's just kind of that mental barrier that was resulting in a physical block or a physical brace Um, that was kind of almost felt like out of my control and even just in terms of mobility like actually relaxing and letting go enough to push the weight through my heel and for my ankle to to be in that much dorsiflexion like that was I, I didn't realize that and I think that's part of it as well like I was I had like little to no mobility in my ankle for ages that I just thought that that was the range that I had. Yeah. And I wasn't able to, for ages, I wasn't able to like push it past that range. And it wasn't until I actually did do that. I actually did push it past the range that I thought I had. I was like, Oh, actually, you know, there's more in there than I thought. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think like for everyone, that's going to be, it's going to take, it, it might take more time or it might be the the one thing that clicks that, you know, you realize that actually I, like I can, I can put weight through this. Like for you, it was, it was just basically getting you to weight bearing. Like when we were going through your, when we were going through a low limb issue, I, every week I would be asking like, when can we load, load the feet? You know, we started with just uh, rack pulls. Then we went to RDLs and then we started with a box squat. So we were gradually just trying to reduce, sorry, increase the range that you could load, you know, the lower leg through to the point where eventually then we started doing calf raises and the ISO, you know, calf raises where you, even probably without you even thinking, you were like, you were doing the thing that you didn't think you could do three yeah. months before. But yeah. we just somehow tricked you to be like, oh, actually, you can do this. It might not mm. be in a sporting context, which does, it, it can be very different. 
but at the same time it's it's actually for you it's like oh shit like you've actually taught myself i can accept load here so what's yeah. the difference between me doing it here and doing it there well there isn't any difference all we've done is just build up the tolerance over time mm. slowly 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 we build up the tolerance we've trained around the problem and there's there's always a workaround you know like the hardest thing to not do is is catastrophize we we spoke about that right at the start and everybody does it even i do now i hurt my back three weeks ago and i was like i fucked the back it's gone you know took a couple of days settled down took some painkillers like didn't train started to ramp things back up when i could feel it a little bit i'd back off you know yeah. it, like it doesn't take well i say i say it doesn't take a lot of thinking it could do obviously i've been doing this a lot longer than most people but like those are the things that you kind of learn is that like you're not an injury doesn't have to mean that you're always going to be like that and it doesn't always mean that you can't necessarily do that exercise it might also open your eyes to other opportunities and be like, okay, well, why does my back keep doing this? Why do my ankles keep rolling over? Why does my hamstring keep pinging? You know, yeah. maybe I should have listened to my my S&C coach when I, he told me to do some more hamstring work. And I didn't listen to him in the off season and my hamstrings just pinged in preseason. That's <laughs> um, an example that happened three weeks ago with one of my athletes. Oh. And I won't name names. And I know that he doesn't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. I can say what I want. <laughs> he knows who he is. He knows who he is. But um, in a kind of gym-specific context, to pull out a few kind of bits from what I just said, I think what I kind of just alluded to is figuring out a range that you can perform the exercise pain-free in or limit the range to a partial, like to a partial movement so that you can retain some of the condition of the tissue, you know, or even like just reducing the stretch that's through the tissues, like the tendons and the muscles and the ligaments. So like, for example, if you have pain in your lower back at the bottom of the squat, rather than just trying to figure out for six weeks why you keep getting pain, you can still squat, maybe just limit the range to just below the pain using pins or pauses or yeah. on a box. You know, like you can still do it, Whilst you figure out what the problem is, you can just, you can like finding a pain free range is the easiest thing you can do because you can still train, you can still load that area, you know, you don't. And then straight away, unless it is very serious and obviously it's very context specific, if I hurt myself doing squats, I'm going to think, I don't know if I want to squat again. But if I just go back and I'm like, okay, well, I can squat just not to full depth. Well, that's fine. I'll eventually get there, but I can still squat, you know? Yeah. I know yeah. that's just one very specific example. No, that's, that's true though. And interestingly, I think for me, I think what's really helpful for my recovery and my sort of rehab and things like that is actually having someone else tell me what to do yeah and sure. i know that makes me a bit of a child maybe but um i think like like we're, we've been talking about you know your mind almost plays tricks on you puts yeah. mental barriers and blocks and causes you to have like physical limits that you put in place that aren't actually there and if you take that element out of it of you telling yourself that you can't do something 
and just letting someone else take the reins a bit and tell you what you can and can't do then i find at least for myself quite often i'm like oh actually i could do that i was wrong and i think a good way of mitigating that you know if you don't have a pt or you don't have an snc coach or anything like that is i think making a, a plan or a program for yourself yeah you know early on in advance go say four weeks six weeks down the line you know all the things you want to be doing and i just want to say as well that like i'm this i'm not prescribing anything for anyone like if <laughs> if you do that and you like snap your hamstring or whatever because you've actually <laughs> been feeling a lot of pain and you're like no nah, i can do it i can do it then i'm not taking any responsibility for that but <laughs> you know what i mean like having someone else be able to sort of trick you past that mental barrier yeah. can quite often be quite yeah helpful. because because also at the point where you've injured yourself you're almost you're most vulnerable and if you can learn to trust someone and know that that person has your best interest at heart it, it's it's actually so much easier mentally to push past those things that you didn't think you'd be able to do because you've given someone trust in your most vulnerable point you know of being injured you know like and don't get me yeah. wrong i've heard lots of stories where people have have abused that power you know like and I'm not talking about sexual abuse. I'm talking about the fact that, <laughs> you know, like malpractice where they don't mm. do the right things and they actually make it worse. Um, And I wouldn't know how to be able to get around that. It's, it's a very difficult thing to know, but basically what I'm saying is choose wisely. You know, yeah. the best, the best person that you can go to is someone that you feel comfortable with someone that listens to you for your injury doesn't just tell you what you need. You know, someone that's actually sitting there listening and going, okay, all right. So you can't squat. That's fine. And what about any of these? No, no, I don't want to do those, but we can do those. No, no, no. I don't want to do any of those. You know, if they actually listen to you and they're like, all right, well, that's fine. We can start with a few little things and see how we go on. Whatever. Um, Yeah. And, and also I think just, if if there's lots of other people that trust that person, they're probably going to be pretty good, in my opinion. You know, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I went to Dana and I still go to Prince is because I the reason why I recommend them both to everybody is because it's tried and it's tried and practiced. I go to them yeah. for everything, and I they're fan, they're fantastic. You know, like they might not be the best, but for me they are the best. You know, because they. They know what I need. They listen to everything that I say and they make me better, right? So yeah. what do, what else do I need? I don't need anything else. I just keep paying them to the end of time and that's why I refer everybody to them because they're fantastic. That's why um, I still pay you as my S&C coach. There, that's the why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you, I haven't paid him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We've already had our ad for this episode. Yeah, so. we, yeah we have. <laughs> Um, but there's a couple other things as well that we kind of haven't touched on when it comes to training. And I know that this is, we've kind of in a roundabout way touched about this and I want to sort of stay away from just the sort of typical, you injure yourself in the gym and you don't know what to do because I, I want it to be kind of all encompassing. Mm. I think two really important things to note is you're probably not going to be able to do as much as you used to. All right. 
So curb the expectations, right? The best thing that you can probably do right now is figure out what you can do, what you can't do. All right. So if you can't squat, what can you do? You can leg press, you can trap by deadlift, whatever it is. The, f- the most important thing during that period of time is quality and a high standard. It is not how much you can do. Right. So if you used to be able to do five by five, at 200 kilos, guess what? Who gives a fuck? Because That's right strong, now, bro. what? That's strong. That's you very strong. Five by five squats, 200 <laughs> kilos. Yeah. I was talking about bench, actually. No. <laughs> oh, no, that's me. That's me. I'm joking. Um, you know, but it's important to note, like, you might only be able to do after you mess yourself up a set of five at 50 kilos or 100 kilos is absolutely fine. As long as you're focused on quality and kind of not perfect, but as good a movement as you can practice with a high standard over just having a high expectation. I think that's a really important factor to consider. Um, at some point, you're probably going to need to reduce your intensity and your volume, right? You can't yeah. always push maximal loads uh, and you can't always train on the horse. Like, you know, we've, we've spoken about this all the time and we've had conversations over the last couple of weeks and months of, you know, I'm saying to you like, well, there's a delicate balance. Like, I understand that we're in a very different scenario where I can choose whether I train or not. And you kind of can't, Mm. you know, because it's your job. But at the same time, there are certain things that you can do. And we've, we've, we've spoken about this, you know, in terms of reducing some of the intensity that you have or some of the volume that you have, or even figuring out, okay, well, if you can't change that for whatever reason, what else can you be doing to make sure that you recover from what you're doing? If you physically cannot change any of it, then the most important thing is focusing on what you can do to have influence over that intensity and that volume, which is... Which everyone, spoilers, the answer is always just going to be eat better, sleep better, stretch more. Pretty much, yeah. And um, (laughs) yeah. Sorry if I just just, um, ruined your job. No, I loved it. (laughs) It is uh, absolutely, um, you know, and obviously there's only so much that coaches and stuff can do to reduce and reduce kind of intensity and volume. And I guess sort of manage load. A lot of people are using this phrase at the moment is like managing an athlete's load, um, which out of context sounds quite strange now that I'm saying that <laughs> on a podcast, but most people will get the idea, you know, it's like, okay, well, if you're riding 10 horses a day, five days a week, and you're getting quite a bit of back pain, figure out when it happens. Does it happen at the start of the week? No. Does it happen near the end of the week? Yes. Okay. Well, then maybe it's because you might be doing a little bit too much. If you can have an influence over that, why not try riding eight horses on the Friday? Does it go away? Yes. Stick with that until you build up the tolerance, build it back up, right? So you're trying to figure out little strategies that you can do to have influence over those certain things. And I'm not talking about kind of doing SNC outside of it because that's not the silver bullet. I know that I'm supposed to be selling my services and whatever, but like at some point, continuing to keep adding things will not help. You need to take stuff away. 
you know we used to do five days a week in the gym we now only do two because you're doing so much stuff on the horse god remember those days yeah yeah we were doing like four or five days a week dude we were <laughs> in every mad. day i mean that was partly because we actually enjoyed hanging out with each other and i could get away with training you five days a week um because <laughs> i was the head of snc but you know <laughs> bias and bias whatever um anyway yeah so i i guess that's for me that's kind of it like but you, you brought a really interesting point that i want to kind of rewind to actually is that you know we talked a lot about sort of mental barriers and having that mental block and physically bracing and not being able to go through the range and all that but then there's also the other side of it or, or the the almost the opposite of it where you know, like you say you have to accept that you're not going to be able to do as much which is actually quite can be quite difficult to accept that when you know after post injury especially if it's maybe a minor injury like you sprain your ankle and you've been out of the gym for like a week or two weeks or you've not been riding for a week or two and you go back into the gym you get back on the horse baba and one you've lost strength and also two like you've lost muscle memory right like you've lost technique you've lost just just capable like how because you've not done it for so long yeah you're kind like of you're not as proficient yeah yeah um that's the word <laughs> um I got but, you, bro. but your brain's not telling you that your brain is where you were two weeks ago yeah. three weeks ago pre-injury where you were doing all those things and with a lot of competence and if you don't manage those expectations then you're setting yourself up for failure if you're going in going like guns blazing like I'm going to lift the same amount that I did three weeks ago and do the same workout, same intensity, same volume and to the same quality. Like that's just not going to happen. And if it yeah. does happen, like, I don't know, you're fucking Superman or you just did get injured. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true. Um, it's, that's a good point to, to finish up on. Um, I think I, I pretty much touched on all the points that, that, you know, I kind of wanted to make is, if there are any any questions that you wanted to ask us, like if there's people that are here, they've maybe had a little niggle or a tweet, they've tweeted something and they want to kind of ask questions or sort of get a little bit more in depth or into the into the weeds with things, how I've injured myself, how can I reduce some of the intensity that I have or how would I go about building things back up? you know, those kind of things, then feel free to shoot us a message. Like I said, once we have our Instagram up and running, that's kind of where we will hopefully be directing most of the questions and whatever whatever else it is. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys got some great tidbits. It is absolutely great to be back. Oh, can't tell um, I know that, can't that, tell that these guys are like, well, you've only been gone for like a week because we posted three episodes. <laughs> But we haven't recorded a podcast for at least like three, three weeks. weeks. I reckon three weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's been at least three weeks. Um, but we're back on the gravy. I was about to say the gravy boat there, but that's not the right phrase, is it? <laughs> um. Anyway, we're back. Um, good to be back. It's good to be back, guys. Thank you so just much. Just before we in. go, just before oh, we sorry. go, I feel like sorry. I feel like this is important to bring up in an episode like this. We're not medical professionals. Everything we said have been just 
our opinions and not meant to be taken as medical advice. If you do have any niggles or pains or whatever, yes, message us, but also please, please, please seek professional help. Yeah. And if you're Bulgarian, proceed to maximum. Um, <laughs> the last thing I actually wanted to point out, seeing as you ran, this off, is never going to end. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so I was looking at the stats and I know this is not very interesting for people. So usually we get kind of statistics between uh, streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, you know, the web browser uh, and other stuff. And there's one that popped up the other day called Victor Reader. Right. Never heard of it in my entire life. Right. And people who are listening to this might. Well, I'm hoping that if you are listening to this, you're listening on Victor Reader and you know what Victor Reader is. But I had a little Google. So Victor Reader. All right. Is a handheld audio player for visually impaired and blind users. No way. So it allows you to listen to podcasts, articles, radio, MP3s, uh, on this device that's mad shout out to our blind listeners bro yeah i mean it's well, it's that's, and that that's a five percent of our listeners so if you are using a victor reader and you're listening to this episode welcome to anything unknown thank you so much for tuning in and um glad we can be in your ears we'll catch you in the next one Peace. also can someone just tell me who's listening on web browser well Please i I mean, web browser is one percent. To be fair, uh, just one guy, and I think just that might. I think Googling that might be. Spotify. That might be direct to anchor. Oh, okay. Because anchor is anchor. a is uh um, if you listen on anchor, it's a web browser. Oh, cool. But yeah. Well, anyway, continue listening on anchor. Anchor, <laughs> thank you for sponsoring our podcast. Catch you in the next one. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us into the unknown. Uh, if you want to connect with us and get in touch, you can find out more about me at Stoke Strength Systems on Instagram and Connor Lift Stuff for my business page. And you can find me at at yushan.su.eventing on Instagram, yushan.su.eventing on Facebook, and suyushaneventing.com. And if you want to get a bit more engaged, uh, with our community and you liked this episode please like and subscribe uh, follow on the on, on spotify and we'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode's topics so please drop them in the comments catch you next week